Hello, and thank you for joining us for another episode of That Solo Life, the podcast for PR pros and marketers who work for themselves. People like me, I am Michelle Kane. My company is Voice Matters, and I am here as ever with my wonderful co-host, Karen Swim of Solo PR Pro. That's where we all hang out, our little water cooler, best staff meeting in the world. Hi, Karen. How are you? Hi, Michelle. I'm doing good. How are you? Good. Not bad. Not bad. You know, can't complain too much. Yeah, it's (laughs) kind of uh, nice because I'm ready for fall that we're, you know, summer's ending, but kind of sad too because you love the summer season. And I don't know about you, but I always have that big checklist of things that I think I'm going to do. And I pretty much did none of them. (laughs) I'm kind of right there with you mentally. I always get annoyed with the back to school talk and I get it clearly as a marketer. I get it. But I'm thinking, whoa, 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 we've got another month or so. So the kids go back to school. That's we still have like, no, no, no. I haven't done the summer things yet. You have to calm down. <laughs> Not quite a month. I mean, a lot of people are starting on yeah. the 23rd. They are. They are. Yeah. And, you know. Which is next I, week, by the way. Yeah. Shh, don't tell anyone. <laughs> <laughs> Now, it it is funny. I, I think, too, as a 70s kid, you were always ingrained, at least in our neck of the woods. There was no no school until the last tote of the Jerry Lewis telethon. And I know people yeah. probably 35 and under are saying, what? Yeah. They're, <laughs> they're like, who's Jerry Lewis now? Yeah, you're absolutely right. School never started before Labor Day. No. Um, so, yeah, it is weird for me to growing up in that era and getting adjusted to all of these different start times for school and people going yeah. back to school in the summer seems just odd to me. But yeah, is the world that we live in now. It is. And it's such an interesting world. And, you know, what we're going to touch on this today of, well, we always talk about clarity and communication, right? But there have been yeah. some, you know, instances in our own lives, in our own areas that have really brought this to the foreground. Um, and so we just want to talk about how really important it is. And we know it can be easy to sometimes think, do we have to include an FAQ or do we have to really issue a statement? But yes, yes, you do. Yeah. <laughs> You should have a good FAQ and you should be clear. Um, I know, Karen, you're under a boil water advisory, which has been such fun, but that hasn't come without its communication pitfalls, right? (laughs) No, definitely. And, you know, as communicators, we always look at everything around us, even when it's happening to us from our lens and we're gathering lessons or looking at breakdowns or applauding the things that go really well. So yeah, I've been under a boil water advisory since Saturday. And on Sunday, they told us it would be two weeks as they eliminated. So it started out with 23 communities and then it was down to 13 by Sunday. And I think down to 10, but our 10 um, on Sunday, we knew it would be two weeks but then yesterday got extended a third week. So (laughs) however, this was really interesting from a communications perspective because it reminded me of the importance of two things. Number one, understanding how information travels today. I did not find out about the boil water advisory on Saturday from the news, from any type of an alert from 
community apps. I found out about it from a text message from a local friend who found out about it because his parents found out and let him know. And then he started alerting everybody he knew. I then started sharing with everyone I knew because on Saturday, it also included my family members who live in a different community. They got lifted on Sunday and they had no idea either. Right. And so it just is a great reminder that even if it's not a crisis situation, for those of us in our day-to-day work, when we are working so hard at um, positioning our clients and developing their messaging and helping them to reach their audiences, those audiences are dispersed across so many channels. Yeah. I will be honest with you and say that even though I'm not a Gen Zer, the information probably would have gotten to me quicker if it had been on TikTok, kid you not, or Instagram. Yeah. It was not. It was communicated in traditional ways. And even then, so then, you know, I hear about this and I turn on a news station and I still didn't see anything. And even the next day I said, oh, I should turn on the actual news to see what the updates are. There were no updates um, when I watched. And, you know, my, the friend who alerted me said, you know, I was watching golf and I thought that there would be a pop-up or something like they do broadcast tests. They do everything else. Why isn't this happening? And again, outside of a crisis, I think it's important to examine how do we reach people? Are we connecting in all the ways that people consume their information because we make these assumptions and we think we're checking all the boxes. But this to me was one of those clear instances where I think that there could have been a better job in the initial alert phase, because let's face it, this, this is a health crisis. If you drink contaminated water and in the reason that we are still under a boil water advisory and it can't be lifted is because we lost pressure And the water is not safe to drink or get in your eyes or, you know, it's not safe for pets. So it's not safe. And if you were to drink contaminated water, you could be ill. If your pets drink contaminated water, it can make them ill. So maybe it's not life threatening, but it is important to consider that. Yeah, no, it's, it's so true. And, you know, this has come up so many times. I know in my career, when you think, okay, if you have a large um, body of people that you're communicating to, how do we hit all of their marks? You know, how do we hit it all? And, you know, even 10, 15 years ago, it was website, email, if they're on the e-news. When I was in the nonprofit world working for the church, we had what we called the phone chain. So you signed up to get literal messages on the phone. We would record messages. And even then you didn't hit everyone because, you know, not everyone's paying attention to everything. But now, like you say, we've got everyone has their own expectations of how they like to be reached. And it's not a bad thing if they are very particular about that. Some people love to get texts. Some people hate it. Some people want the email alerts. Some people don't. And so really, even though we will tell you, let's say from a social media or communication strategy to not be everywhere for the sake of being everywhere, we're not talking about that from a marketing point of view. Yeah. But when you need to get through for public health or or a community-wide campaign, you do need to be everywhere in those instances. I know our okay. county our county here in Pennsylvania, they have, you know, like a 
I hate, I think it's a 911, but you know, it's not, it's like a reverse 911. That's what it is. But you still have to know about it. And then you have to go to the county website and you have to sign up for it. And if you do all those things, it's great because they will not stop calling until you literally pick up the phone and hit a number. So that's effective. Well, I love bringing this up about, you know, opting into how you want to receive messages, because I think that this also applies in, you know, a business sector or in, you know, outside of public health, outside of, you know, um, crisis is that it is really important every day, you know, all the time to consistently be making sure that you invite your audience to stay connected where they can receive information. So it doesn't matter if you're, you know, a B2B company, technology company, nonprofit, or selling a product, you want to continue to do that. So you're building and, and you're continuing to, you know, reach out to your audience and connect those people, but then also making sure that they know how to stay connected to you to get your information, because that is was a big thing in this particular crisis is how do we, what do we connect to so that we get these types of alerts faster? Because all of the channels that people thought that they would come through, that did not happen. I don't necessarily, you know, some people found out through the Crime Watch app. I did not want that app because I already have too many things and I don't need to hear about all that. So for my own mental health, I opted not to download that app. I know where to go to check it, but I wouldn't have thought to go there for public health information. Exactly. Public health doesn't necessarily. It's not crime. And I didn't want to hear about all the crime because it filters through to you anyway, even if you don't want it to, but I, I did need a steady diet of that type of information. Right. But also the other thing as a communicator that I noticed in this particular situation is how incredibly effective it is to be an expert and then have information readily available. Because I watched through like our community app and our, and our next door community where so many people, again, had so many questions. And then it was very amazing to see how many people kept sharing the water authority website, which was very well done. They had the press release, they had updates, they had the time and the dates of the updates. So you knew exactly when that was issued and you were getting the most current news. They had um, an FAQ and they had links to the CDC website. I mean, everything was laid out. And so it made me thoughtfully consider like with my clients, when we're presenting them as experts in their space, are we setting ourselves up to be the go-to place when that information is needed. And again, not thinking about crisis, but just in every day, think about how often we all Google to look for something. If you have good, solid information, if you have an FAQ on your website that addresses the most common questions, and if you're putting out content and making it it easily findable, people will use that and they will share that. And it was it was just, again, like an eye-opening experience for me going, wow, this is great that they're sharing the authoritative site. Now, right. I will also say that I liked seeing that because it was not misinformation, malinformation, or disinformation. This was from right. the source. So right. it was credible because it was coming from the people who were actually 
analyzing the water and making the repairs. But there were other credible sites as well that provided, you know, because I did some further research because you want to know and you want to check things, you know, you have questions about everything, you know, washing your clothes and what do I do about this? And, and so seeking out experts and knowing that they were also credible and seeking out, you know, other communities popped up that are outside of our state. And it was great to compare and see that the information was, you know, pretty much the same across the board, but I would encourage us all to take a look. You know, we say that, you know, we do thought leadership programs. We say that our clients are experts, but are they, are, are they set up to become that go-to place on a day-to-day basis when people need information on X? Right. Your client, the one that has the, the bite-sized chunks of information that people are looking for, um, is it right. a place that can be pointed to and shared when this comes yeah. up, you know? Um, and I think that's a very cool thing to be yeah. able to think like that, because even if a crisis happens and your person is the expert and you don't get national media attention, think about just having your client and their expertise become a go-to source of information on a day-to-day basis right. and how much easier that kind of makes your job. It makes it easier for the media to go there. It makes it easier for your end users to find things. Um, And when I think like that, it makes me think about even things like when you go to technology sites, a lot of times it's all product-based or any site, it's all product-based and it's all about their product and it's questions about their product, but not questions about you know, what do you look for? How do you buy? Period. Mm-hmm. You know, without regards to brand, like a really easy yeah. example. If you're looking for jeans and you go on a website, wouldn't it be great if there was frequently <laughs> asked questions about how to find the best fit for your 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 size, your body type, your age, your, you know, how you want to look. So often they don't have that. It's all no. information about their product. It's all me, 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 me. <laughs> yeah, we, but we have to keep it that said hey, here are the questions that people have when they're trying on jeans or when they're looking for jeans and they answered all those questions regardless and it was brand agnostic. Can you imagine how helpful that would be? And I, I think you just came up with the next untuck it for jeans because I think <laughs> I think the industry standard is to keep it as painful as possible where denim is concerned. It's so true. And I'm women. <laughs> Swimsuits and jeans are the two things that you just... Like, really? Do I really have to do this? No, it's, it's so true what you say, though. And and I, you know, with my network, I think through that, I look through that lens all the time. How can we be a resource? How can we provide, you know, up to the minute information in our news, on our news pages, you know, really comes down to news you can use, you know, is it, is it, um, you know, recently the changes in Pennsylvania and the way that tipped workers are compensated, you know, mm-hmm. that's an easy blog. And, you know, that way, you know, someone's Googling for that information, hopefully your client's blog comes up. Um, you know, actionable things. You know, it's it's not it's not out of line because it's what you do on your daily basis. And then over time, you become the resource that someone says, oh, you know what? That company or that person always has you know the information quickly and they're easy to understand and they usually get it right i trust them so 
I yeah. may never use, I may never engage in a business relationship with them, but I know I can trust them. So, and that can even extend to when you are in your next door or, or these different forums and you say, Hey, do you know anyone who provides XYZ services? And, you know, you can say, well, I've never used them, but they always provide really good, credible information. So I know that they're on top of their game. So, you know, it's yeah. just, I mean, it's it's really the basics of communication. Keep your community aware of what's going on. I mean, it's going on here. I woke up this morning to a, a Facebook post that, you know, one of the cherished old homes in the town next to me has a permit for it to be demolished. Now, we don't know when, but it seems as though it's within days. And it's owned by the local charter school, which, you know, some love it. Some don't think it's so great just because of the way they're funded in this state. And um, so there's a lot of confusion, a lot of gnashing going on. And, well, that's not true. And so, you know, I, I said, well, prove us wrong. Communicate with your community. I would love to be proven wrong. That would be great. I said, you know, you're not, you're not 100% beholden. But if you would just be proactive then you wouldn't have to be on the defense. So and I think that's such a great lesson for anyone to learn. Yeah. You may think, well, we don't really need to tell this audience, whatever, you know, whatever it is, but okay. You might not need to, but it, in so many instances, it doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt just to have information on your website of here's what we're planning to do. Here's what our future is. Now that I'm saying that I'm going to go to their website and see if it's on there. Because I would you know, think someone would have shared the link by now if it was, but I'm going to go look. <laughs> and that's, again, it's just a great reminder for all of us. And I know that we don't always yeah. have control over no. all of the things that happen in a company, but, you know, we need to make sure that we're pretty buttoned up and, and that we're looking yeah. at things and, and looking at how they can be used. I mean, I, you know, again, going through this, I thought of some, some additional things that I could recommend to some of my clients, like, Hey, they really are a go-to resource for this. Is that clear? Is that clear to anyone? While we get cited for a lot of things and we get, you know, mentioned for a lot of things, there are other things that are helpful resources for anybody that I don't think we're doing the best job of communicating and that we could do a lot more in those areas. And so, you know, I hope if something good can come out of my my personal water crisis over here, Aww. and I, I get it, you know, I'm, you know, I, I have to say that even though I've, you know, not been happy about it and it's inconvenient, I also still realize, you know, I'm really thankful and grateful because there are so many people in the world that don't have access to clean and safe water. So not having access to clean and safe water for a month is it a month? No, they, oh, no, well, not a month. three weeks. It's almost a month. They said it could be four weeks, but I'm just going to live with no. three right now because that's about all that I can handle. <laughs> it's, it's yes. I, easy for me to say on this end. It's a gratitude exercise. Yes, it is. I, I get it. It is, it is, but oh my goodness. No, I, yeah. I don't. I don't envy that at all, but I, but I we'd also know. love to hear from you. Yes. From our audience. If you've, you've had, you know, been involved in, in something, whether it was a crisis or not. And again, I think, you know, yeah. crises obviously teach us things, but it's always fascinating to look at the things that are happening around you. How do you make sure that your experts, you know, that their, their POVs are getting out there yeah. and how are you keeping your audience connected? How, you know, Again, it just 
mind blowing how many channels people seek information from and how you can strike the right notes and still miss so many people that actually need. And that's the key. Like as communicators, we know that we're not trying to reach everyone. We have a targeted public, but in a case like this, where you really do your target public is everybody in a community because this issue touches them. How do you reach them? How do you make sure that happens? Yeah. I don't know why they didn't employ the local ice cream man to just make an announcement driving through your neighborhoods, Karen. Come on. (laughs) It would be great. (laughs) Better than that creepy music they still use. But you're so right. Um, We would love to hear from our listeners. If you have a great case study or something that you want to share with us, because we could, you know, we're we're communications nerds. We could talk about this all day long. (laughs) But we won't. We know you're either on a commute or you're taking a walk or doing something else. So we so appreciate that you give us your time every week. And if you find you in this, please share it around. And until next time, thanks for listening to That Solo Life. Mm